Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Cave the Cross Apologetics. I am Patrick. And I'm Tony. And we've made it to the end of another book. You did it. You you <laughs> you were in the valley, and all of a sudden the deumont <laughs> came into fruition, and you conquered it, and now we're... Uh, we know the answer to, well, what about that evil? <laughs> we right. know that, according to the greater glory theodicy, is that God is using evil for his glory, and there are things that God uh, is able to do uh, because of his glory. One of those things is to show his judgment, uh, his mercy. Those are things that you can't uh, uh, demonstrate without evil. You can tell your creation, I'm... I'm I'm a I'm a great judge. I'm a perfect judge, and when people go judge what? Because mm-hmm. we live in a land of bliss, and we just believe God. Yeah, yeah, okay. But the demonstration of that judgment is there, and then also mercy. Uh, how do you how do you uh, tell an unfallen world what mercy is when there's nothing to be merciful towards? And right. so yeah. that's one of the reasons that our uh, friend of the show, Scott Christensen, has uh, written this book to kind of. Uh, show the deficiencies of kind of the other models, uh, free will being kind of the, the, the main one. It's the one that we kind of like because it speaks to us. It puts us in the center of the story. And Scott Chris says, no, no, wait, wait. We're looking at the wrong person in the photo. That's nice for the kids, but we need to know where we came from and, and, and who's, who's, uh, who's the picture for? What, what are we taking the picture for? And ultimately, uh, because we're Christians, we're, we're Christ-centered, we're Followers of Christ, uh, he is ultimately the one that we put at the center of it. So um, now we have to ask, well, how now should we live in the world of evil? Uh, as as uh, Francis Schaeffer would say, how how should we now live? And so that's what this final chapter, chapter seventeen, the grace and glory effect, uh, kind of demonstrates. And um, we'll uh, we'll figure out uh, how many episodes this takes, but um, uh, we're not going to be able to cover everything. This is one of the longer chapters as well. Um, but it, it does so surprisingly in storytelling form because we've covered storytelling a number of times here. So, uh, so that's uh, that's where we're going to start here. Uh, so he starts off by saying that pain is inescapable part of our world, uh, but as as the inexorable forces of our post Christian zeitgeist seeks to expel God from our collective conscious, the story that the world t- tries to tell us becomes hollow and hopeless, leaving us lost and unable to cope with the obstinate reality of pain. And so in the world of, you know, ever-changing evolution where things uh, must die, they have to die, the strongest survive, those best suited for the environment, uh, the, and, and it's not even towards a, a, a conception of truth, but only of survivability, as we've covered with uh, with uh, Mitch Stokes's book, uh, How to Be an Atheist. Uh uh, there, there's no, there's no basis for what we have for an objective truth standard. We have uh, our, our chemicals firing, our synapses uh, in, in the best suited for the environment until the environment changes, right. wipes us out, and then new truth patterns come about. And so, so when, pain is just part of the deal. Yeah, it, right? it's just it's it, it's 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 in subjective terms, it's it's a good thing. The universe views pain and death as a good thing. And we look at things like school shootings or floods or volcanoes or asteroids heading towards earth or species wiped out or pollution as these things that are, that are painful in, in a immoral way. But how do we say other than it's icky or it's, uh, 
I, I don't like it. How, how can we ever say anything is bad or evil? There are just degrees of it's just stuff that happens. things that happens, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we can make no sense of it in a godless worldview. And so we do everything we can to push the ugly reality out of sight. We suppress the truth of God. I believe that's uh, somewhere in the Romans. In fact, it's <laughs> Romans 1. So, we're, uh, of course, we're going to be always pushing back to, uh, to that because uh, that's what we want to see. And we see um, in our world today, especially with um, with just all the all the proclivities out there is that uh, religious worship uh, is is evident. I mean, the past number of years have shown uh, things replace uh, the, the worship of God uh, for things that you can't question. The the dogmatic sayings that you must take from the priests the, that that uh, they have the guns now. Uh, but uh, back in the the twelve hundreds, uh, it was the the ugly church that uh, <laughs> that we we speak out against now. But uh, you know, it's the scientist, it's the politician, it's the uh, news commentator that you can't speak out against right. or your silence because they're, they're that's the new going, priest. Right? It's, it's it's going <laughs> against the religious the dogma. Yeah, and so yeah. all men must worship is what Romans one tells us, uh, and we're replacing things that that keep failing us because we don't have. The, uh, the correct um, uh, godly image that provides us the standard of, of a grounded, objective uh, worldview that, uh, that we are centering our, our, our response to the question, well, what about evil? Yeah. And so, um, and so this chapter, as you have started here, is, is called the grace and glory effect. And so, you know, Christensen, given, you know, that, Pain is ubiquitous, right, all over the creation. And, this, and, and he says, uh, for those of uh, who are paying a close attention, against all the odds and in distinction to all its competitors, the Bible comes along and dares to tell a different story about pain and what it's all about, right? He says that story doesn't ignore the pain, the tragedy, but rather transforms it into a brilliant comedy of indomitable quality. And so those who embrace this remarkable story find their own lives radically transformed. And that's what he's going to talk about here. How this part of what God is doing is not only showing his glory, but allowing us to transform our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So the transform- uh, transformation wrought by Christ that especially marks the lives of the uh, beleaguered uh, believers living in the trenches of this tragic world proves to be one of the greatest, though unexpected, apologetics for Christianity. In fact, uh, what about evil? Exactly. What about that evil? <laughs> that that's that's a, a jumping off point that we we can make. That's that's one of the things that um, uh, when we talked about the tactics book, that's one of the, the 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 pebbles we can put in the shoe and say, "Whoa, what are you talking about? Why why is evil, however you define it, there?" First of all, define it. And second of all, why is it an incorrect thing to have in this world? Why should we, other than we don't like pain, what, why is it something that we shouldn't do? Uh, the, 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 the person at the gym is experiencing pain and suffering and hardship and uh, <laughs> not eating the chocolate cake, which is evil. It's evil. <laughs> uh, but through that. The, the not eating of yeah, it is right, evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if it's devil food cake. <laughs> but through that, uh, it, breaking down of muscle and then building it up to, to become stronger, it's, it's one of the formations. And it's one of the things that the Apostle Paul tells us uh, that, that he's done. He's run the race. He's, he's, he's boxed himself. Uh, he's, he's, he's beaten his own body. 
for what purpose? So that uh, his life can be uh, uh, stronger in his in his his walk of faith. And so when he faces things like beatings and shipwrecks and poisoning and and uh, viper uh, 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 no, bites yeah. that he throws into the fire and and people trying to uh, put him up as as being a, a you know a god or um, you know a, a, a person to listen to above above anybody else uh, surrounding him he he knows uh, that those hardships have kind of molded him into um, having this testimony that he points away from himself but then points uh points back to Christ there. Mm. So it involves a display of weakness, humility, unearthly love, compassion, perseverance under trial, and forgiveness of vile offenders. It's what Larry Taunton calls the grace effect. Mm -hmm. Good. So what is this transforming grace and this grace effect all about? Well, he says the distinguishing uh, measure of Christianity's claim to truth lies in its unprecedented, unexpected, undeserved, and transformative power of the gospel in the lives of lowly sinners, right? That's what um, that's what it's all about. Eleanor Stump describes how prolonged evil and suffering notice produces a longing for goodness and redemption that only such desperate conditions can evoke, right? So this suffering and evil and that sort of thing, we know it seems instinctively that there's something better. And so it produces a longing for that, right? A desperation for that, right? And uh, so that's the, that's part of this transforming grace that he wants us to see here, right? So when people are enslaved to sin and bitterness, when they are used to pain and disillusionment, and then unexpectedly the resplendent beams of blessing and redemption invade their cold gray hovel, it sends shockwaves through every room. It's it's this uh, renewing. Um, 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 it's more than a feeling. It's it's a it's a uh, you know it's a getting the cobwebs. It's it's the spring cleaning. You 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 knock out all the all the stuff. You get rid of the junk and. Um, it's like you have a, a, a new home that you're, that you're looking at. Mm. It arrests them, chokes them, and releases all the tension that holds back the pain. It forces all the pent-up emotions that lay dormant to rise to the surface and come alive. Darkness give birth, gives birth to hope. Stump argues that tears of joy are always connected to a suffering. Yeah. Good. All right. So uh, the next section he has entitled Grace Overcoming Evil. And he begins this by saying that the Apostle Paul issues a simple but extraordinary command in Romans twelve fourteen: Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Right? So that's... Uh, <laughs> eye for an eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's simple but extraordinary. True, right? So Thomas Schidner calls this one of the most revolutionary statements in the New Testament, he tells us. Its ubiquitous uh, deployment in the lives of the early Christians help explain um, why Christianity forever changed the world that we live in. Uh, yet how have Christians been consistently enabled to live this way, he mm -hmm. asks. Well, the only explanation is found in grace, God's grace, right? God enables us. He allows us. He strengthens us. He encourages us. He gives us the ability to live through this situation, through these types of situations. He tells us that the transforming grace that saves sinners is the same grace that sanctifies them. Grace is invested with a, 
a preternatural, indeed an otherworldly divine power that enables believers to endure suffering and to conquer any evil set before them. So God's grace, right? Somebody has said, and I'm sure you've heard this before, God's grace, it graces God's riches at Christ's expense, Right, grace. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 how it's how we can share. It's it's that that you know, God takes the the worst parts of me for Himself, and then gives me the best parts of Himself to change me to 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 um, to clean out the temple and to 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 rip the veil, and then I'm able to stand, uh, you know, uh, with God uh, as a son or daughter of of God. It, it's it's what. Um, Genesis 3, all throughout the Old Testament, points towards the cross, exemplifies, and then the church extols. It, it, it declares this, this, is, this is the culmination of human history. This is uh, uh, the, the, the glory that we've experienced. And so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's in the suffering, uh, the suffering of Christ and the suffering of our, our own nature that we, we experience the, the joy. And in almost with a, um, a unbalanced view is that, uh, in, when we experience this type of joy, our, the, the, the pain that we experience uh, seems to, to almost flip and, mm. and, and we, 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 we kind of look back and we can see, um, the reasons for, uh, walking in that for, uh, you know, the, the period of time that we, we did. Yeah. All right, so anyone who has come to Christ under the promise that life will be peaches and cream has been sold a bill of goods. <laughs> yeah, Probably it doesn't work one. that way, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, yep. You, you believe, uh, and then you can, uh, you know, walk through the fire literally. Yeah. And, uh, and well, no, I, I mean, look at look at the early church, the early church, and like the earliest church. So uh, Christ goes in the heavens, I'll be back. Angels say, what are you doing here? Go. Uh, you know, you got the great commission, go. Yeah. And what happens? Well, a hundred people go and wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and then uh, it expands, but it expands in what? It expands into a, a nation that is uh, conquered by Romans, that is persecuting uh, uh, them on behalf of uh, the, the, the Romans are persecuting on behalf of the, the Jewish state, the Jewish state uh, rebels. And then, literally all hell, hell breaks loose mm-hmm. on, 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 on the nation of, of Jerusalem temples burnt down. Uh, the, 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 the warning in Hebrews of you can't go back to the temple are even more told <laughs> you can't go back to the temple because not one brick is laid upon uh, another and it's, it's all burnt down. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's what, what Jesus, uh, Said predicted. Would do. Yeah. 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 It would happen rather. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but unfortunately or fortunately for us, uh, the, the temple is built in the hearts of those a hundred people and then a thousand and they do what they go out into the world. So through that suffering, grace abounds. And what do we see? We see, uh, th- there's no, there's no taking up arms. Uh, there's no, I am Spartacus. There's no, um, I'm being persecuted. So let's band together and, um, uh, get our sabers and, and, and throw you know, off the shackles yes, and it, fight. And yeah. yeah, you have nothing to lose, but your change. <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, people see the Christians burning in the, in, in Nero's garden. Uh, they're being eaten by lions. They're, they're forgiving their enemies, and what's happening? Well, it's not going away. It, I, I keep rubbing the oil spot, and it keeps growing <laughs> bigger. This is, shouldn't be happening. Uh, unlike uh, uh, certain other religions that that 
uh, conquered by the sword or uh, had the, the fruitless um, ability to, to not be persecuted, Christianity experienced great growth in that time period. And I'm not saying we should ever return to that. And we but, might even say but, as a result of the persecution. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you see faith in action in, in, in that point. Uh, something bad is happening, but we're looking towards uh, the, the culmination of human history when Christ will come again and the return of not not the garden, but a, a, a better garden uh, that uh, that is, is set up for us where we have direct um, relational communication with, with the, the God that saves us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so once we come to Christ, the battle has only just begun. Right. But we are already assured victory even before the landing craft spills us out onto the beachhead. <laughs> the superior power of the Holy Spirit presents with us on a D-Day enables us to press forward off the beaches towards final destination where the V-Day banners will wave proudly. That's right. Yeah. And so um, what he's going to do now is he's going to use examples from the Holocaust to help kind of make this point with regard to pain and suffering. He's going to take the easy example. Yeah, Yeah. right. And so he says uh, the 20th uh, century was the bloodiest in history, right? Millions. Some people say 100 million or so people died during the 20th century as a result of all these evil people, godless people, right? Uh, The Holocaust, he says, which uh, nearly wiped out Europe's Jewish population serves, he tells us, as a uh, testament to the depths of depravity to which humanity has stooped. Yet some distinctive Christian responses to those heart-wrenching atrocities typified uh, you know, by the Nazis uh, do not involve uh, uh, shows of force or retribution. So that's what we would think, right? Let's fight back. Let's you know, pay them back. Let's get, you know, get after them and that sort of thing. He says, no, some of the responses... Um, don't show this. Rather, believers obtain an, an exceptional brand of strength through weakness and uh, humble dependence on the transforming grace of, of Christ's gospel. Right. So he wants to consider three ways in which this distinctive brand of grace that we saw during the Holocaust was exemplified uh, at this time. And so he's going to give us three examples of this. Right. All right, so the first one is uh, showing mercy to victims. Showing mercies to victims, right? right. It okay. makes sense. The, yeah. the the first people that you think should have should the have to mercy, mercy are, are, are the, the folks, who, yeah, right, yeah, are the ones that who are hurt. Yeah. All right, so first, transforming grace was exemplified by showing mercy to victims of Nazi terror. A forgotten village in France named La, uh, La Chambron was populated by Huguenots, Reformed Protestant Christians, tracing their roots to the 16th century Reformation. The villagers were led by their pastor, Andre uh, Trachme, uh, who organized a rescue operation to hide and save thousands of Jewish children and adults. They did this while eluding the watchful eye of the local Nazi SS and their collaborators in the Vichy government. The whole village risked annihilation if their plot was discovered. But why? I mean, why rescue uh, Jewish uh, uh, people, especially that, when you're already safe, they're not after you. Yeah, There's after no you. good reason to do this. You, you know, you're out of the deal. You're protected, right. and yet you're going out and helping these people. You're showing grace. Why in the world would you do that? Right. right? And so this is his first example of grace in the Holocaust. Right. Mm-hmm. This this ability uh, by grace to 
put your own self in their position. In fact, literally, if you're caught, you would be in their position, right? right. And uh, do what you can to help these people who are suffering. Right. And these aren't their their neighbors. They're not their um, their family. They're not uh, people that they're extolling money from. Uh, they're doing this uh, because of what their what their faith is telling them. This is a wrong thing happening to a persecuted people. Uh, and we have the joy of knowing that this life isn't the end of it. Mm. And if we can give our life for another, um, uh, that, I mean, that's exemplifying what Christ did on the cross. Even, even to people that, uh, that hated him, uh, he forgave them uh, uh, on the cross. Father, forgive them for the, no, they know not what they do. It's a, 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 a uh, saying that's said over not just the, the elect or, uh, you know, the disciples only, Said over the Romans, it's said over the Jewish uh, 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 leaders that have hounded him for all these years, um, and so uh, th- through that example, we can see an example uh, here in uh, Leshemon. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's the first one, right? Showing mercy to uh, to victims. The second one he tells us is victims bearing up under God's mercy. Right. That's that's the second kind of grace here that we see in the Holocaust. God's grace with his people. So he said uh, the second one is more excruciating, uh, um, but it uh, it shows the transforming grace was exemplified through the Holocaust. How involved the reception of divine mercy while bearing up under unearthly suffering. Right. It produced that same distinctive brand of transforming grace. So this is a grace that transforms is the point that he's trying to make here. It transforms us into saying, I'm going to do more than just protect myself. I'm going to reach out to those who are hurt, harm victims, even though it might mean I become part of that mm-hmm. and I'm vulnerable to that. Secondly, it transforms me in term. It, this grace transforms me in terms of allowing me to endure whatever I have to go through for the name of Christ, right? He says that Huguenots and Chambong would have uh, found kindred spirits among the Ten Boom family of Harlem, right. uh, a principal city in the Netherlands. They too, that is the Ten Boom family, were devout Christians risking their lives during the war to hide Jews in their homes. So they were doing the same thing that this, these folks in this Christian folks in this town were doing. But notice, unfortunately, they got caught, right? Right. And were arrested and were sent to various uh, Nazi um, concentration camps where most of the family members literally die. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, this is seen in the book and uh, there's a, a movie made, uh, the, the Hiding Place. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it shows, um, uh, you know, being in the concentration camp with the, the Jewish believers, the, the you know, the, the people who are of, of the Jewish um uh, ethnicity and, and religion as well, and uh, having to deal with, well, why does God place us here? Well, one of the reasons uh, that her family um, talk about is uh, I, I was placed here to tell you about the gospel. And so, uh, you know, that hmm. that's one of those things that where we have to realize, for us, this, the, the story would end with a tunnel dug 
in, underneath the camp, and then uh, it, it escapes <laughs> with with the 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 tunnel falling on the the Nazi guards who are trying to yeah. chase after him. And, right? and we all Yay! go into a, a field of lilies <laughs> and spin around and sing. Well, you know that that's that's the nice story. But uh, again, what what is the ultimate goal in life? the The goal in life is not to make it out out the other end alive. It's to glorify God in, in all that we do. And again, it's placing that correct perspective of what is the story of history about? And so in this great deal of suffering and, and, and evil, we see people speaking up and saying, uh, this is antithetical to who God is, repent and believe. And also, uh, you, you also will one day die, person, whoever you are, repent and believe. The, the message is true for, for all the people with, within the scope of, of these three areas where um, Christensen is covering here. So the story is, is told by uh, uh, Corey Tenboom in her gripping memoir, The Hiding Place. It is one thing to extend mercy to the helpless and afflicted. It is quite another when you are afflicted severely with no one to offer help of any kind. Again, putting herself and her family in a camp, not surrounded by, you know, a family or, you know, the, the, a, a close family, uh, Christians. Uh, the, these are people that you try to help and now you're, you're kind of facing the, well, look, where, where is your God now? my God and your God should be the same thing. You know, <laughs> the, 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 the gospel message is, is um, able to be preached there as well. And so sometimes Christians are driven into the spiritual wilderness where they are alone, battered by hot winds of despair and deprived of any means of sustenance. Sometimes they are driven in the hands of literal devils where they are enslaved, beaten, starved, exposed to undiluted evil. Such was the case for Corey Ten. And her sister uh, Betsy. Yeah. And and what does this sound like? Jesus going out into the wilderness. Jesus being tempted. Jesus being without food. Jesus being starved. Being without uh, f- friends. Without um, you know a, 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 a protection. And um, these people saw the story in uh, in the Gospels and said, by suffering like Christ, as Christ suffered for us, we can have a small portion of of that suffering. And so. You know, um, Christians are more likely to to be the ones um, uh, to to uh, go out into the world and and suffer in in that same way. And it could be again like the early Christians, who who are the ones that first save the the undesirable babies? It was the Christians going out to the side of the mountains or to the garbage heaps, rescuing Roman citizens, and then they grew up and became <laughs> Roman citizens and and all the the legal uh, issues that came about. And then able to hold office while being raised by Christian, um, becoming Christian, and probably having influence over uh, Constantine and and uh, and and stopping the persecution in, in, in that fashion. Yeah. And so through those sacrifices, through that that danger of 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 stealing children or uh, uh, hiding Jews or going into the to the to the uh, concentration camps, we see. Um, Christians having this understanding of uh, Christ suffered for us. Uh, he told us to be an example like he was in all things. And this is one of the ways that we can, we can do, we, we don't have to actively, you know, walk in the firing and, and, you know, uh, uh, even though they virt almost uh, did, right. 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 <laughs> it's, it's not like they, they went up to the, the concentration camp guards and just said, arrest me. They, yeah. You know, they tried to hide, but once, once they're, they're in the circumstances they're in, they glorify God in the best right. way they could. Exactly. This was one of those ways. Exactly. 
So grace overcoming evil, right? It overcomes evil by uh, we see people helping victims. It uh, it overcomes evil by you know victims bearing up under this uh, tremendous, you know, especially during the time of the Holocaust, here, this tremendous evil, right? The perseverance of the saints under the worst of conditions is Christianity. Uh, Christensen tells us greatest living proof where it's apologetic metal. Uh, via its faithful adherences, right, those who, who continue to live for the gospel, is tested by fire and found to be more precious than gold. Mm-hmm. This tenacious life of suffering will eventually result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ, Peter tells us in First Peter 1. Yet it's not the Christian as he is in himself, but Christ in you, the hope of glory, Paul tells us in Colossians 1. So when people see the followers of Christ live this way, can they deny the living God? Christensen asked us. Can they deny the wealthy, the uh, wealth rather of uh, sovereign, as the source of the riches of this unearthly grace? Can they deny that such grace incarnate in the lives of battered saints supremely magnifies God's glory in the face of evil as nothing can? Right. right, and obviously these are rhetorical, but the answer is, of course not. They can't deny. It. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, at the the height of the Reformation, you know, you you have Calvin and and uh, him being in in Geneva and setting up this this kind of sanctuary city where um, you know um, hopefully Rome doesn't touch. And so what happens? Well, uh, you have the walls go up. You you have the the uh, arms being. Um, uh, dr- drawn and quartered you have uh you know people looking through their peoples actually no what you have is calvin and the leaders of the churches training men to go into rome to be persecuted and captured and found and burned at the stake and also proclaiming the gospel to anyone who will hear and so again the the, the, there there's no shying away from the evil in the world but the the priority of 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 it changes when you realize and again, these are these are the crazy Calvinists who who, <laughs> who believe in this uh, uh, elect number of people. Why are they going? Uh, God will save whoever he, he wills. He, he will do it, not you. No, they, they viewed the gospel message as we are taking part in that. And yes, absolutely, God will use those things. But if God will use me burning at the stake um, uh, to, 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 to tell the gospel to the king or to the pope or to the priests, those people uh, will, will hear the gospel and respond either in how they're uh, uh, um, directed to um, of, through God's power or um, through the condemnation that they, that they hear um, for, from the, the true gospel message. Yeah. And so we see here then that grace is indeed o- overcomes evil, right? right. Through, the, through the protection of the victims, through being a victim and yet living victorious as we saw uh, the ten, uh, Corey Ten Boom and her sister Betsy, right? Even though her sister died through this process, right. uh, still she glorified God. She brought people into the kingdom, and she was a tremendous witness and encouragement to Corey, as we find out in the book and the movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not it's not one where it's it's laughter. It's not one that's not devoid of pain and and suffering and and heartache. Uh, that's there, uh, you know. Corey Ten Boom talks about, you know, wanting her sister back and, and, and missing her. It's not this uh, uh, kind of on lithium type response that we, we just, you know, <laughs> jump into the, to the snake pit, into the lava and, and, 
you know, we, we, we do a Peter of, uh, Lord, let me come out onto the, onto the water with you. Let me come out into the lava. It, it, uh, th- there were people that did that for um, being persecuted in Rome. And, uh, you know, I would say incorrectly done. We, we don't need to throw our own heads into the, the, to the lion's mouth. That will happen regardless. <laughs> but, you know, that might have been one of the, the ways that they were called. There might be somebody who comes to, uh, to saving faith for that. And, and that's the, the, the purpose of, of our lives is to be that emissary, that, that mouthpiece for God. It's, it's what uh, Adam was supposed to do. It's what Abraham was supposed to do. It's what the, the temple tent was supposed to do. It's what the temple and the Jewish people were supposed to do. It's what Jesus did. And it's what the church's uh, main role is to be, is to be the body, to go out, to, to be the hands, to be the feet, to be the arm, to be uh, the, 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 the person that gives water or uh, visits in jail or uh, helps the poor or sick or uh, develops uh, typhoid and have to develop a, 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 a remedy for it or malaria or uh, going into uh, an unknown part of the world without language and, and, and finding a way to preach the gospel to those people too, because that's what the gospel message is. Yeah. So let, let's end this section by this quote that um, Corey Ten Boom uh, says um, with regard to her sister, Betsy, who was now dying. They're in the concentration yeah. camp. She's going to die. Uh, and um, it says here uh, in page 445, medical help didn't come soon enough as as she was laid on a stretcher, headed to the hospital, freezing, unable to move, no strength left. At death's doorstep, step, she achingly whispered to Corey, must tell people what we have learned here. We must tell them that, and here it is, there is no pit so deep that he is not deeper still, right? That is grace under uh, evil, right? right? right. Okay. One more episode. One more episode. This further. So we, we've we, all right in the Holocaust. Okay, so we've covered the victims, right? Check. We've covered the the people that go to the victims. Well, who is left among the people that we're going to cover? Yeah. So I guess you're going to have to come back and find out next time as we finish up the book. What about evil by Scott Christensen? Again, thank you for uh, watching it on YouTube or on the various uh, um, audio platforms. Uh, we on YouTube and Odyssey, uh, we, we put out short clips uh, for the episode. So if you're looking to share a short thing or wanting to watch uh, th- this episode in shorter clips, uh, that, that's done there. And so we thank you for, for sharing those out and watching them. And um, um, last, last week was uh, amazing. We had uh, Jay Warner Wallace share one of our uh, one of our episodes from this book on, on Does God Have Emotions? And so uh, we... Um, uh, welcome any new watchers or listeners uh, out there as well. So um, uh, join us next time as we finish up the book. And uh, you can say you've, you've read a, a lengthy um, a book for the year and, and check it off your, your list as, uh, before we uh, pull open another one. So uh, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. See you next time.